Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Byron White. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Norman Transcript Podcast. Uh, today, I have a special guest with us, Mark Millsap. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing very well, Byron. Thanks for, for having me on. <laughs> well, you're very welcome, man. We're, we're really happy to get this together and to get this all worked out. Uh, here today, you've got some, uh, some top picks for us. Yes, I do. Uh, so, uh, being the publisher in town, um, I, uh, I do a lot of work with, uh, small businesses, uh, here in Norman. I don't want to recognize a few of those, but also tell you about some new stuff that, uh, that I've seen or been to, uh, just so you can check it out. Just so you, you're in the know. Uh, I want, uh, want everybody to know what's going on in Norman and, uh, and hopefully, uh, you may agree with some of my uh, top picks, but, uh, then again, you may disagree. So, uh, let us know what you think about them. Uh, first off. Has anybody been to Scooter's Coffee? Byron, Scooter's Coffee? I have not been to Scooter's Coffee. Do you know where Scooter's Coffee is? It's located in the Big Lots parking lot right next to Mitchell's Jewelry on Main Street. Very cool little place. Uh, it's a little coffee shop. You, you can't go in. It's just a drive-through, which is even even cool into today's COVID climate. So stop by and get some coffee. But uh, I would recommend a breakfast sandwich. They have breakfast sandwiches all day. Can you believe that, Byron? I cannot. That's incredible. They have a breakfast sandwich made out of waffles. Waffles as the bread, sausage, egg, and cheese. It's amazing. It's just a couple of bites, but it's amazing. So you can get that all day. So when you need a snack, instead of just getting your coffee, get your coffee, get your breakfast sandwich, and move along. It's really good. Please try Scooter's Coffee. Now, something that uh, also that people may not know about is the orange taco truck on Porter by the Valero. Have you ever been there, Byron? Big fan. Dude, it is. So uh, one of the employees of the Norman Transcript, Maurice, uh, goes there quite a bit, and she decided to uh, get some tacos one day and asked me if I wanted some. I said, well, sure. Who doesn't like tacos? So I ordered the pork carnitas. Sorry, I can't say that. Pork carnitas tacos. Uh, It was amazing. Three tacos, uh, beans and rice for $6. Not only is it good, it is a great value. So I would recommend stopping by. I know it probably has a name, but the Orange Taco Truck on Porter Avenue by the Valero, right next to Gourmet Donuts, which Gourmet Donuts, of course, best donut in town. Stop there at Gourmet Donuts because they have mini cinnamon rolls, and you can eat a bunch of those and not feel guilty because guess what? They're mini. So Byron... I got you covered for breakfast. I got you covered for lunch. Now, what about dinner? Meeting place. I've been to the meeting place downtown. Yes, sir. Really good place to hang out. Uh, I think they'll get back into their trivia and game nights and things that they've done. But more importantly, the food is fantastic. Uh, And just just kind of a weird thing about meeting place, it used to be a food truck. It used to be the number one food truck here in Norman for uh, for a couple of years. And they decided uh, about uh, two years ago, uh, about a year and a half ago, I guess, to have a brick-and-mortar place at the old McNelly's right there on downtown. Uh, So they took that over. They started uh, uh, doing things out of the uh, the restaurant. They still have the food truck. But for dinner, um, you know, the best thing that I've, that I've had there, the turkey avocado bacon sandwich. Smoked turkey, avocado, melted cheese, bacon, goodness, goodness on a plate. Plus, get the side of baked potato salad. That's right, I said baked potato salad. It is as good as it sounds. Now, for dinner, or excuse me, for dessert, for dessert, they also have a banana pudding. I would dare to say better than your grandma's. Better than grandma's. Better than grandma's. Test me out on it. Go check it out. The banana pudding. Okay. To drink, they have uh, probably 40, 50 beers on tap. A lot of local uh, brews, if you like that. They've got great iced tea. They've got uh, other adult beverages, full bar. Uh, So definitely stop by there and check them out. So those are my recommendations right now on food that you need to try in Norman. And I'll I'll tell you what, I'm a big fan of the meeting place. If you haven't gone and if you don't know what to get, you can never go wrong with the chicken tenders. Oh, you're right. You're right on that. On brunch, if you if you like brunch, which a lot of us like brunch, if you get up in time, they do have a smoked tender uh, uh, platter uh, and then they they bread it, I believe, in vanilla, vanilla wafers. Sensational. Is what I hear. It's a secret. Sensational. 
Good stuff right there. The only other thing I'll tell you about uh, that's kind of new right now is, ha- is uh, have you tried the new Aldi uh, grocery store out on Classen on the way to Noble? Uh, we stopped in there the other day, and uh, honestly, we were on the way to Walmart to do some grocery shopping. Got a few things there that we needed to. Headed back towards the house and uh, decided to stop at the Aldi. Uh, you know what? We should have went there first. We're pretty mad at ourselves for going to going to Walmart because Aldi, great fresh vegetables, great produce, uh, really good prices, of course. But the, the but the, uh, the the produce and the vegetables were awesome. They also had some of the uh, pre uh, pre made stuff like dips and chips and and casseroles and take and bake type stuff. So they had all kinds of fresh stuff that was there. But also it kind of impressed me that uh, they had name brand stuff in there. They had Campbell's Soup. They had, you know, not, not, a, uh, not a huge variety, but uh, Campbell's Soup, Hershey's Chocolate, things like that. They do have brand name stuff there. So uh, great prices, great, uh, great variety, stuff that you don't get at other grocery stores. So definitely stop by Aldi on the new one, uh, new one on Classen, and, uh, and check it out. <clears throat> Certainly. Well, thank you so much for your top picks, Mark. You're welcome. Um, I'm, I'm sure the people will appreciate that. I'm serious. Uh, hit up these spots, people. It's it, they're they're great businesses. Uh, they would love your support. Uh, you know, it's always good to support local business, especially here in Norman. Um, now, with that being said, Mark, publisher of the Norman Transcript. Yes. Just a question: How did you get started in this? Well. It was a long, long time ago. So this year, uh, in May, will be my 25th anniversary in the newspaper business. Uh, I've been to multiple newspapers, all the way from Oklahoma to um, Wisconsin to Alabama to Louisiana, and then back in Oklahoma. Oh, probably. Well, since uh, 2011. So we're uh, we're on year 10 getting back to Oklahoma. But how we got started is. Um, I was an intern at the Muskogee Phoenix. Shout out to uh, the big town of Muskogee. I am an Okie from Muskogee, and so I uh, I like that title. I like being from there. Uh, Muskogee's got a lot of things uh, that are going on right now, and I was uh, I grew up there. Went to Hilda High School. Uh, went to Northeastern State University. Was uh, trying to get my journalism advertising degree, and uh, and fell into an internship at the Muskogee Phoenix. Um, started there. And started selling advertising uh, from day one. They gave me a rate card and said, go sell this, these ads to these people. And that's what I did. And basically, that was the start. That's how I did it. I liked it. I liked uh, informing people, uh, helping people's businesses mostly, and uh, and getting them on track to, uh, to sell their goods and services. So I liked it. Uh, 25 years later, I'm still doing it. Wonderful. Wonderful. And... Since you have been a publisher for a long time, what would you say has been your biggest achievement? Um, my biggest achievement, I think, is as as it's the people that I have mentored and trained and coached to move move along in their careers, whether that be at this newspaper, whether that be at other newspapers, whether that be in other industries. Just trying to lead and coach and teach people um, how to uh, how to reach their goals, how to do what they want to do, how to get better. Uh, I've got folks that have worked for me that work at other newspapers all over the country, uh, people that have helped me along my career as well. Uh, I have people that work outside the industry, work at uh, Oklahoma City colleges and school systems and healthcare systems and things that got their start here or at other papers. Uh, you know, I still connect with most of them, but my biggest achievement are the people that I got to uh, to help reach their goals. It's an incredible feat. You know, it's it's one thing to have personal achievements or, or for personal gain and, mm-hmm. and, and just, uh, you know, personal performance. But the fact that you really enjoy, I guess, giving life or really helping others just achieve or get to that next level that really speaks volumes yeah well thank you i've had i've had a lot of good people that, that have worked with me along the way people have helped me and i want to be that person for other people to help them so uh, you know it, it it's it's something that uh, that i enjoy doing and something i do every day wonderful well mark thank you so much for your time everyone stay tuned uh, our next segment will be our very own reese gorman 
uh, with some news updates. All right, he's he's a good guy. So let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, make sure he uh, he keeps on task with what he's doing and reporting and his investigative stuff that he's doing, and he's uh, he's doing really well. Yes, indeed. One mark. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Okay, y'all. It's time to pay some bills. Not a current subscriber to the Norman Transcript. Not a problem. Call 405-366-3573 and ask for our New Year's rate and our new senior citizens rate. Norman Transcript has been providing local news to the Norman area since 1889 with the stories from the community you know and love. Again, to start your subscription, call 366-3573. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, once again, this is Byron White, and now I'm here with our very own Reese Gorman. How are you doing today, Reese? Doing good. Doing good yourself? I'm doing pretty good, man. I can't complain. So what you got for us today? Well, today, um, we're going to talk about a lot. just the vaccine rollout is now hitting its phase two here in Norman, the COVID-19 vaccine in Cleveland County, um, meaning that it was originally just healthcare workers were getting vaccinated, those on the front line fighting COVID-19. And now individuals who are 65 and older, individuals who are first responders, so it's police officers, um, firemen, um, all those kind of good things. And then also healthcare workers that are not necessarily on the front lines, but still might have some interaction with patients um, at the hospital are starting to be vaccinated. Um, this will start on Tuesday. Um, so depending on when this comes out, it will have already started um, more than likely. And it's looking um, it's looking promising. Um, over the weekend, there was a little bit of a mishap here. It was getting some criticism online regarding um, how they were asking people to sign up via sign up genius. Um, but that was never intended um, from what Sarah King, um, the CCHG spokesperson, tells me, that was never intended to um, necessarily be a full-time thing. This was intended just to get the vaccine out, to get the vaccine to people, although that criticism was was, was heavy-handed. Um, they're now actually working on an app, which is set to be released Thursday, um, January 7th. And the app will allow people to register and sign up for vaccines on the app. It alerts people when they are able to get this vaccine, when they're able to receive it. And um, yeah, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be live Thursday. It's, it's starting to look really, really good um, from what I've been hearing, from what everyone else has been hearing. And so we're looking forward to that. And honestly, everyone's new to this. This is something that nobody has done before nobody this is just new for for every single every single one of us this is one of the biggest vaccination rollouts we've seen definitely in the in, in this century and so this is this is just a learning experience for everybody everybody involved and there's going to be a lot of trial and error but we will um we'll get through it and people get vaccinated and as supplies become more available that means the more people will start getting vaccinated and yeah and so that's where we are on that end of things although with the vaccine coming um oklahoma did hit a grim milestone um this weekend of 300,000 coronavirus cases in the state this is an extremely insane number it take it took us a month to get from 200,000 to 300,000 just a month to report 100,000 coronavirus cases Oklahoma um and then to get to the second set of 100,000 cases it took just under two months and then to report the first 100,000 set of coronavirus cases it took seven months nearly to report that um and so this is very clearly trending in the wrong direction as it took seven months to report the first 100,000 cases, two months to report the second 100,000 cases, and now a month to report the third 100,000 cases. Oklahoma also saw on the first report of the year for January 1st, um, the first 5,000 report day um, in Oklahoma history. Um, Since the start of this pandemic, we reported um, 5,000... I want to say 5,000. Let me pull this up right here. 
5,119 cases. And that number was it was just brought us up to 296,000. And the following day, it was reported 5,002. So the second straight day of 5,000 cases brought us to 301,000. Day after that, 3,015 brought the seven-day rolling average three, to 3,562, which is the highest level it has ever been. So very clearly trending in the wrong direction um, in terms of COVID cases and COVID numbers clearly spiking and going up in these cases. Um, today, on when, when we're recording this, which is um, Monday, January 4th, the report was um, lower significantly. It was 2,699, um, which is still not ideal. We, we, we don't want to see that. Um, and deaths are also mounting quite heavily. Um, and this is something that we need to keep continue to be cautious of and continue taking these mitigation efforts in order to stop this spread of this deadly pandemic, which is, as of January 4th, has killed 2,552 Oklahomans. So that, that's something that we really got focused on, something that we've been reporting on since the beginning. Um, and it seems like it's almost become a beat. Um, as just writing about COVID, it takes up a lot of time. You can fill up front page with COVID-19 coverage every single day. And we sometimes do, depending on the day. But so COVID-19 is definitely one of the biggest um, issues in the biggest issue, one of them for sure in the country and in the state as it is completely continuing to spike. Um, in other news, we have over the weekend, Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma announced that he will be joining 10 other um, U.S. senators um, led by Ted Cruz of Texas to object to the Electoral College certification in favor of Joe Biden. Um he was met with some backlash from fellow Republicans, Senator Mitt Romney, um, who called it an egregious act, um, and along with some other words, um, and was not. It, it, it is not something that other Republicans necessarily are fond of. Um, but also, that comes the day after that was reported. Uh, the Washington Post reported a conversation that took place on Saturday. Um, between the President Donald Trump and Secretary of State of Georgia Brad Roethlisberger, who, where Trump said multiple times, trying to force the hand of Brad Roethlisberger to overturn the election in his favor without any proof or evidence. Um, it is something people came out. It was kind of it was a crazy thing. Don't I don't want to get too deep. One one of the quotes there. And that said, the people of Georgia are angry. The people in the country are angry, Trump said. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, um, that you've recalculated. Recalculate me in the votes in Georgia. Um, U.S. Representative um, Tom Cole of Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma, actually, um, said that he, although he did not respond directly to this Washington Post article in December, in, in early December, he did say that um, he views the election as over. And although he is ups, does not like the outcome, of the election, he does respect it, and that it is over. I mean, direct quote, he said, he told Fox 25, quote, in my view, the election's over. While the election didn't turn out the way I want at the presidential level, I respect the will of the American people. Um, so he is, if we, if we just take what he said there, he is not planning on objecting the Electoral College, although there are some representatives in Oklahoma that have said they will, such as Representative Kevin Hearn, who said on a radio show that he was planning on objecting to the Electoral College. Um, we do not know about what other ones um, are planning. We don't know what Jim Inhofe is planning, Senator. Um, we don't know what Senator Mullen, Senator Bice, or Congressman Bice, Congressman Mullen, or Congressman Lucas are planning. Um, but... We'll find out and we'll find out soon enough as this will take place on Wednesday, January 6th, this electoral college thing, as though it's not necessarily going to be add up to much in the house of so the house is run by Democrats, um, a, a slim, but lofty democratic majority. Um, so the electoral college will pass and you know, the Senate might take a little bit more time as it is Republican stronghold. So we shall see there. Can I have you go over just so that, you know, I, I know the listeners would 
would want to know, or just so that we could be clear, can I have you go over the COVID vaccine, just a, a like, I, I guess, release or who they would be giving it to first, their stages? Yeah. So it's a good question. So phase, right now we are in phase two of the COVID vaccine. Um, and that includes people 65 years or older. Um, it includes first responders, police, fire, um, and all that. And it also includes those with comorbidities and those and teachers pre-K through 12. Um, but something that is not so something that sometimes people get mixed up is there's yes there are these phases but there's also levels to the phase inside each phase so first people that are going to get the vaccine are first responders healthcare workers and 65 or older in this phase so in Cleveland County so these are going to be the first three to get the phase um, in phase two and this will start on Tuesday January 4th January 5th and then as we go through it will as we get more COVID-19 vaccinations readily available, then they'll introduce the people with and of any age with comorbidities. So then they will start being able to get the vaccine. And then as it becomes more readily available, then we'll do teachers. And and so the, the phases are just going to keep being broken down that way. Also in phase two, according to the state, is staff and residents in congregate locations and work sites, um, which are also going to be kind of on in, in that little third tier as they come more available. As we move on into phase three, we have teachers, staff, and residents and other educational settings. So this is your universities, your vocational schools, your tutors, your all that kind of good stuff. That's um, those kind of things. And then critical infrastructure personnel, um, which I don't have it necessarily on the top of my head of what that is, but there is a link. It was um, listed in the third executive order. Um, and it, it's been heavily, um, it, it just is the people that are kind of essential, those essential workers society that society needs. Um, and you've heard, you heard a lot of these essential workers that kept working throughout the pandemic. They do get this vaccine in phase three. And then phase four is when they're expecting to have all Oklahoma residents they're expecting to have a wide amount of the vaccine readily available to distribute, to give it out. And so starting in phase four is when everyone can come and start getting the vaccine. Solid. That's that's great. Thank you so much for that information. Um, now, just lastly, there is a big election coming up in Atlanta, or actually in Georgia. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any information on that, just so that the the listeners can just understand how big this election is and what's really at stake here? Yeah. So we have the two Republicans, Ryan Senator Leffler and Kelly Leffler and Senator David Perdue versus uh, the two Democrats, Raphael Warnock and um, John Ossoff. And this will ultimately determine the Senate for Biden's camp, for Biden's term of president, at least for the first two years, for sure. Um, as if Democrats win both of them, um, then it will, then they control that with Kamala, Kamala Harris, um, Vice President Harris. Um, being the final vote because it'll be a 50-50 split and the vice president in terms of 50-50 split gets to cast the vote that ultimately decides it. Um, and if they lose one, then it's going to be 49-51, not going to be a split. It'll be it'll be a slim majority, but it'll be a majority for the Republicans. Um, now, Raphael Warnock did beat David Perdue in the November election, but the way George's election works are... Every person, in order to win, you have to get 50% plus one vote and or else you're not considered a winner. So if you do it, even though he won, I think he had 47% of the vote, um, something like that, He there's still three other candidates. So since he had 47% of the vote, he did not get that 50% plus one. So the top two candidates, which are him and David Perdue, or Kelly Loeffler, that's who it was, Kelly Loeffler, went to... A runoff, which is taking place to January fifth, and then same thing with Ossoff and um, David Perdue. They um, went forty nine percent point something, forty nine percent point something tie, um, and so they are now in a runoff as well. So, a lot of people are saying that Trump 
and his base claiming a election fraud and how Georgia elections are not are rigged and are not safe or protected is actually going to hurt Republican voter turnout in Georgia. Georgians aren't going to Georgia Republicans are not going to want to go out and vote because they feel that this is a kind of fraud election system that they have, um, which is baseless and not true, but it's what Trump's been pushing. And so it kind of has this he's he's pushing this theory of um, baseless voter fraud, which is not proven to in order to save his presidency, but it's actually going to have from what a lot of experts are saying, going to have a reverse effect where it's going to hurt him because these Republicans now are not going to go out and vote because they don't think the election system is going to um, be good. And also, just looking at it, I mean, there's been, I mean, that phone call with Brad Raffensperger and Donald Trump definitely will not help the case of Republicans in Georgia. Um, but I think there's a lot up in the air. It's going to be a very, very, very tight race. It's... Um, John Ossoff has raised the most money out of any candidate in Democratic history, in Democrat Party history. He's raised a whole lot of money, a bunch of money's flowing into Georgia. Um, I mean, this is the first time in our political climate and that we've had the entire country focusing on one election, two elections really in one state, um, which is crazy to think of that we're all focusing on Georgia. Um, Democrats, Republicans, everybody is just focusing on this one state. And it, it arguably sets up um, the Senate for the next couple of years. So we'll see where that goes tomorrow. Right now, um, there's no telling it, what's going to happen. We'll just have to wait. Um, it's it, The pollsters have it at, the, at, at a very, very tight race. Um, and so we really, I'm, I'm not even going to try to call who I think is going to win or anything like that. Um, because although... Georgia did go Biden in this up in this past election, November. Um, there's still a very heavily Republican base there. Um, and although the, a lot of people think the Republican base might be not turn out to vote due to these claims of fraud and rigged election, um, you can't you can never you, you can't count it out. So we discuss it, wait and see um, what actually goes on, what takes place. Okay, well that's. Uh, we, we have a very interesting, uh, what would you say, next 24 to 36 hours ahead of us. I say um, 48 because on Wednesday, then you got the Electoral College objection. So we got a long week ahead of us. Got a long week ahead of us. Uh, it's going to be a very eventful week. Uh, with that being said, thank you so much, Reese, uh, for this information. I'm, I'm sure the people are going to take this and, uh, and and really be able to uh, keep a keep an eye out and, and keep track of what's going on and and also further understand and know what's going on with these COVID vaccines uh, and, and just the overall numbers as far as new cases and, and things like that and just the trends because these things are important. Mm -hmm. uh, and with that being said, uh, we're going to take a brief break or, or a brief commercial break and then we'll be right back here with, with myself and Sunny Law. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Norman Transcript Podcast hosted by our new content creator, Byron White. And we appreciate all your support. Thank you for, for reading our content, for advertising with us, for listening to this podcast. Um, if you want to get um, more up-to-date information on, on what we're doing, the stories we're writing or the, the podcasts we're producing, you can go to our Twitter and follow us at Norman News. You can go to our Facebook page, The Norman Transcript, or you can go to our website, normantranscript.com. Once again, thank you all so much for supporting us and uh, we look forward to producing more content for you guys. Thank you. And welcome back. Uh, once again, I am Byron White. Uh, and now we have here our very own Sonny Law. How are you doing today, Sonny? Pretty good, man. Just back from the holiday. So, you know, I've got the holiday hangover. That's that's, that's good. Uh, how, was your, how was your Christmas and New Year's with the family? It was actually really good. You know, we did quite a bit. Um, built a few snowmans this past weekend um the daughter got probably somewhere up to like 50 gifts so i have to figure out where i'm gonna put all this stuff in my house but other than that it was good that's always fun um uh, you know I, I i had a pretty good holiday season as well um wasn't really able to get with family this year due to covid but we, we had a really good like social distant uh family gathering we all hopped on video chat uh, just just really kicked it on video chat for a little bit. 
Uh, we all, all tried to time it around dinner time to where we were at least eating at the same time and, and talking to each other. So that that really worked out well. Uh, but besides that, you know, no complaints, no, no complaints. Uh, watched some great football, got some sleep, you know, just just relaxed. I hear you. I hear you. I did a lot of the same thing. So I hear you. We even uh, I even went to um, the family and I went to the science museum this weekend. So it's been about probably 20 years since I've been there, but it was fun. That's nice. It's always fun. Uh, well, just to get started here. Uh, you know, it's well, welcome to 2021. We've made it. We've survived 2020. Thank, thank the Lord. Um, so with that being said, uh, let's just, just, let's just get started. Um, this year, my new year's resolution, uh, will be being more organized. I feel like I can always be more organized. Okay. I, I think my, I have a few, um, one is to buy a house and then the second one is to do what I say. You know, a lot of times you, a lot of people, you make plans and you don't complete them. So in this year, I'm going to try to do exactly what I say. So that's that's my two big ones this year. And of course, you got a lot of little ones in there, but those are my major ones. And that's a, that, a great, great resolution. Uh, best of luck to you on, on finding a house and, and buying a house. Uh, but, you know, seeing things to the finish I would say that has been something, especially in, in 2020, that I, I probably had a, had some problems with, um, just as far as uh, just in my own own personal projects and things like that. Like you get started on something, uh, and then, you know, the COVID and quarantine hit back in in like March. You get you really get started on something at the start of the year, like a long term project, and then COVID came and it just. It felt like the world was on pause, and with a I don't I don't know about you guys at home, but uh, with me and some of my projects, as soon as the quarantine came, I I pressed pause and everything, and I, there are some things that I still haven't been back to. No, you're you're right. Um, I I think, you know, it, obviously it paused because a lot of people didn't know what was going to happen next. But I think after you know a few months, it it kind of. Um, it became more of an opportunity to, to, to I felt like it should, it, should, it became more of an opportunity to grow or do things you hadn't done before. So, and then also, you know, I, I come, I came to the conclusion that maybe um, COVID could, I mean, I, maybe it's not, obviously it's not a good thing, but the, I'm trying to find the silver lining in everything. And I think that, you know, uh, people being stuck at home for untold hours or days, it created either one, you just, you were the same or one you created something new for yourself or a new passion so you know i, I try to look at it like i said this the silver lining so i i think um for me I, I came up with some new stuff you know i'm into i've started getting into uh creating a pallet furniture so you know there's i don't know if i would have done that without covid so who knows that's nice pallet furniture right um pallets like that you put um Oh, Make, like the the wood pallets. Right, like wood pallets. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, you can build pretty much anything. Like they have books on pallets, like how to build stuff with pallets. It's it's pretty cool, actually. That's interesting, man. I might have to uh, put in an order. Um, so we we mentioned quarantine and, and just COVID really, uh, really just starting probably around that March March April time. What was that like for you? going from you know going from your normal everyday life you're not worried about a mask you're not worried about um like not touching your face and things like that just the little things that they really harped on in the beginning um you're, you're not worried about standing far away from people especially your your friends or family how was how was that adjustment for you uh, well the it took him actually it took a while because uh for me um you know i obviously I was still working, you know, uh, and my, my fiance, she was working from home and, you know, we are still taking our daughter to my mother's. Well, my father got sick shortly after that, not with COVID, but with cancer. So, um, we, we, uh, we had to change things up for a while and take her to daycare. But so, and then I, we couldn't see him for, I didn't see my stepdad for three months. So it's been, it's been pretty wild. You know, it's, I think, 
like I said, once once we got adjusted to the the COVID norm, I should say, you know, um, it wasn't that bad. You know, it's just taking trying to understand what you can and can't do and, and what is uh, best for keeping it not to spread. So I, I think, um, you know, I've never been a big guy who's like, you know, a, a resistance to I, I've never been a person who's going to be resistant to, you know, uh, new information or something that's going to keep me safe. So I, I listened to the guidelines. I tried to, to my fullest and I, I we stayed home. So I, I've thought that COVID, it could have been a lot worse than it could, than it was socially. Anyways. I agree. Uh, for, for the most part, this was the first time in my life uh, where because uh, because obviously we we didn't stop working we were still coming up here for work um obviously being responsible and wearing masks and socially distancing and uh and, and things like that um <clears throat> this may be the first time in my life i've been able to go outside and or like get in my car and, and, and drive to work in the morning and norman would just look like an absolute ghost town there's just no one and even even coming home uh, around like 3 2 2 p.m 3 p.m still minimal cars outside no one's just walking like i drive by campus every day in the morning you always see the people jogging or walking their dogs or or just like kids walking to class and things like that and there was just absolutely no one it's just a weird eerie vibe or just an eerie feeling no i agree and actually you're right and it's i feel like it's been even worse since the ice storm um during that ice storm you know obviously a lot of people lost power but i feel like i swear some of the some of the power never came back on and i feel like some of those these streets still have trees strewn all across them um i mean covid definitely took a hit here or all over but the ice storm i felt like took an even uh, bigger chip off of off of old norman so and it's it's very interesting you mentioned that uh, because things were right before the ice storm at the end of October, things were really drifting to returning back to the slightest bit of normalcy. Um, you know, we had we had businesses that were starting to open again. We had um, you know jobs and people are people are now going back to work. Like you're you're able to go outside now, and we've been able to go outside and do these things for a while. Um, you know, just the social distance functions and making sure you wear your mask out in public and everything. But that ice storm, that ice storm, I, you know, I feel like we were already a little bit underhanded due to the COVID restrictions that were in place at like already. So uh, I, I did notice it took longer than usual for uh, like tree branches and tree limbs and things to, to get picked up and debris and everything to get cleaned up. And it's just, it's just very unusual. Yeah, I mean, it. I feel like that only could have happened in this year. Um, I mean, we, of course, we've had ice storms, but it was the fact that it happened in October and, and all the trees were still in the leaves. And so it was a very strange thing. But like I said, it kind of fit with how this year has gone, you know, so it's it's not that surprising. But, um, you know, and, and I and I know a lot of people were mad at OG&E and I because I was one of them, but for uh for taking as long as it did but you know at the end of the day now in hindsight you, you realize that they were dealing with way more than they're ever used to too so you kind of had to cut them some slack and all these other tree service ser- tree services some slack because they're still out there picking up limbs from october yeah and look we get it in the moment when your power is off obviously you're going to be upset completely understand that but hey og and e if, if you guys are listening, if you have anybody listening, we appreciate you. We know you're out there working hard. Uh, we thank you guys for everything that you've done and all that you do. Uh, same with the city of Norman workers uh, and just anyone else that came in to help with the debris or, or just any of the uh, electricity issues. Uh, you know, we, we definitely thank you. We know you're working hard and we understand that you have some, some new regulations or, or requirements uh, due to COVID measures that you have to follow. And, and we get that. We understand. Yeah. Shout out to all those workers who worked in the cold and the ice. Yeah, because I... Um, thankful I didn't have to do that. 
because it even even just getting uh I, I went over to my mom's house uh helped her kind of get some of her leaves and, and, and tree branches up from the backyard and even just doing that little bit i was like man I, i'm you know my 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 uh my, my heart really goes out to all of the workers that are working in these conditions and uh having to do this because it's it's not the most glamorous job but hey it's 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 a job and and at this time with with covid and just everyone losing their jobs you know i'm, I'm sure they're very thankful to have the jobs no yeah you're right um i think you know job security is a big topic of this year as well um you know all those people who you know saying i hate my job hate my job got real got quieter this year because you know they could have been they didn't have a job so i think um you know a lot of people are, are a lot more grateful this year so you know i maybe covid did that as well yeah and, and something like this really helps put things in perspective you could have somebody that um <clears throat> you know might might be annoyed by like a, a an annoying coworker. Uh, i'm sure we've all had to deal with one of those at some point in our lives or or just something really small like like a scheduling issue or something but once you once you kind of see how fragile that is like it can be taken from you at any time or or uh, like you can be furloughed or your 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 job could go out of business at any time um you know you you really start to see things in a different perspective no you're right um and <coughs> excuse me you're right it, it, and what you said too society itself is fragile and we kind of showed you that you know and uh and i think I think a lot of people thought, oh, okay, well, the quarantine, that'll be cool. I don't have to go to work, da-da-da. Well, I mean, I don't think a lot of people expected it to be as long as it was and as restrictive as it was. You know, luckily, Oklahoma, I mean, I won't say luckily, but, I mean, the restrictions have been a little bit less than some other states like California. So I don't think it's maybe weighed on some people as much as it has in other states, but... um you know, it's it's it showed you how fragile society is. You know, um, it, it 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 happened overnight. You know, especially with the sports. I mean, the sports world. As soon as basketball came down, I think the rest of the country realized, oh, okay, this is real. If they're not going to even put the NBA out there or the, any any of these other professional sports, then maybe this is serious. You know, since you mentioned the NBA, I, I feel like that was the biggest. That was the moment. It really clicked for everyone. I remember for sure um, hanging out at a. I, I was at Othello's uh, when it happened. When the Jazz was was here in Oklahoma City, uh, playing the Thunder or, or setting up to play the Thunder. Uh, I was uh, at, at Othello's uh, with. I think I was with Mark. Uh, we were doing trivia night. Uh, shout out to Othello's for trivia night. Um, <clears throat> but we were there. We were watching, and all of a sudden, we we hear uh, the TVs going off saying. Hey, the the Thunder game has been postponed, and then you have uh, the Mavericks game gets postponed shortly after, and then uh, I, I think an, another NBA game gets postponed, and and you're just sitting there like, okay, if the NBA is postponing, uh, this 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 must be pretty serious, uh, and then and then you you sit there and wait it out, and, and we were waiting it out, kind of just checking uh, social media at that point, and then then we got the big news, the NBA has suspended the season, uh, and and that. That was really just the, uh, I, I, I guess that just really lowered the hammer. Uh, that was, hey, this is real. It's here. And now you need to figure out what you're going to do, basically. And as a society, we figured out what we were going to do. Yeah, no, it, the NBA was certainly the catalyst. Because um, I think, you know, unfortunately, like Americans, we, we kind of, we like to kind of put our head in the sand until it's literally right in front of our face. Um, and I think that's kind of what happened this time, you know, with the NBA. And then it, we were forced to um, recognize what was going on. So, you know, I, I think, I don't think any, I don't think we'll ever be, I won't say ever, but at least in our lifetime, we'll be caught off guard by another pandemic that people, I think, will take serious, more serious, you know, early on. And then, maybe we won't have as many restrictions or at least be able to uh you know travel sooner than later so i think i think everyone's learned a lot i think even the the stubborn people who didn't believe it's real they they've had to come to terms with people around them either getting really sick or dying so um you know i i, I think 
at the end, hopefully we learn a lesson from all of it, but you know, that remains to be seen. Yeah. Well, at the very least, we know what we're up against. We are, we are now making great strides in, uh, you know, fighting against COVID and, and, and preventative measures. And, and now we have this vaccine in circulation now. Um, <clears throat> and I, I'm very confident moving forward. Uh, once we get past COVID, once it's an afterthought and, and it's just something in the history books, I'm very confident uh, with the next virus or disease going around that now we have things in place to really be proactive and, and prevent a pandemic moving forward. No, yeah, you're right. Um, obviously, the doctors and, and scientists, but I think, uh, I think just important is obviously this, the 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 um, the population, the citizens, because if they don't sit at home when they're told, then it doesn't matter how many vaccines or cures they come up with. Um, and then hopefully, you know, they perfect this vaccine to the enough to where people aren't having reservations of whether they should take it or not. Um, I mean, which I totally understand, but hope we all want to be um, back to our normal lives. And the only way we're going to do that is if we get rid of this, this, uh, this disease. So um, hopefully 2021 will make, uh, well, I should say, hopefully 2021 will be better year for uh, the vaccine being updated and upgraded. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I personally, I hope that we like personally, I I hope we make enough uh, progress and and just come and just like fighting COVID and and, and just combating COVID Uh, just because if if we have to go into another quarantine, it's going to be really tough. Like 2020 uh, was definitely a year that was was very tough on on mental health for for just about everybody. Um, You know, personally, I. I am not one that is used to uh, just 24-7 just being at home and, 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 and not having the option to go. Now, personally, I, I am a homebody, uh, but I still like to go out with friends occasionally. And, and, and 2020 has just been such a weird time. And it was just such a weird, oh man, just a weird headspace that I was in and, and just that everybody else was in, not knowing, hey, when is this going to be over um, do we really need to do this and, and, and just stuff like that? No, you're uh, you're 100 percent right. Um, and, you know, which which leads me to the next thing is that I think another thing that COVID kind of forced is, you know, a lot of people don't think they have um, issues, you know, but I would say most people do, whether how the degree of how big those issues are, I don't know. But what I'm saying is people started taking mental health more serious uh this year and i think especially with the pandemic happening i think um and i think also it's not so taboo anymore and i think people should also make that a part of their 2020 resolutions not just i know a lot of people make physical resolutions i want to lose weight i want to gain muscle but um i think your mental health should be just as important as those any any of those other things i mean you go to the doctor when you're when you're sick so i mean why wouldn't you do the same thing if you're not feeling right mentally i mean and it doesn't even have to be something drastic just if you're feeling down about something just go talk to somebody it doesn't even necessarily have to be a psychiatrist i'm just saying take your mental health more seriously um express yourself um and don't don't hold back anything just tell just tell people how you really feel exactly and i i I completely agree and i i know it looks different per person or per their situation like um you know not everybody has a therapist they can go to and i get that not everybody has uh, a close friend or 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 uh, even like their 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 spouse or 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 a parent or or child or anyone just you know not not everybody has that person they can go talk to um but there there are ways like you can you can keep a journal uh, you can meditate. You can. There, there are other ways that you can work on mental health and just overall Im- improving. No, I agree. Um, I think I think all of that is is true. Um, you know, like I said, you said you don't have to. Ha- it doesn't have to be a psychiatrist or some trained, you know, um, 
psychologist. I just think if you express, if you're able to express yourself, tell people how you really feel, um, that's that's already a start. You know, I think a lot of people hold back things because one, they're afraid of being judged or made fun of, or you know, and and maybe that's a thing that comes with age and maturity. But I feel like if you take that on as the as early as you can, then you'll be you'll be okay. You know, don't wait till you're forty start saying talking you know it, it'll be too late at that point so yeah and uh i would say you know at, at 24 years old right now in my life I, I feel like i'm i'm at a very good uh like just a very good position in my life where i have kind of grown up knowing and understanding mental health um and and just really i like i was raised Yes, there is a stigma with mental health. It's something we don't talk about. It's something that um, people want to, or I, I guess they used to act like it didn't exist. Uh, and, and then growing up, fortunately, like my teenage years, I was a part of the generation that was really pushing uh, to like normalize talking about mental health and, and normalize working on your mental health and things like that. Uh, and I, And I think I... At 24, I really have reaped the benefits of that movement, um, you know, because I'm, I'm very in tune with my mental health. I, I meditate. I, I speak with a specialist, uh, you know, just whenever I'm feeling down and things like that. Well, and I'm glad to hear that because I will say when I was in high school, it was still very taboo um, in, in growing up. And uh, I think... And, and you don't know why, really, other than the fact that people are just afraid of being labeled, I guess, um, as crazy or, or whatever. But I think, I mean, I'm glad that, you know, the, the younger generations are starting to come up with that already, you know, instead of having to learn that on their own. That's that's good. So I, hopefully that continues, you know, and, 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 and maybe this younger generations can get some of their parents and you know older siblings and, and whoever to follow that same um that same line so that's good yeah well um you know moving forward in, in 2021 uh it's an, it's an official no judgment zone <laughs> so uh you know whether whether it be your best friend a therapist your parent uh, uh your spouse you know just talk to somebody uh you know and, and don't be afraid to don't be afraid to check in on someone also. Uh, like if, if you if you see someone and, and, you know, one of your best friends or even just a coworker or something, if you see them, you know, notice that they're acting a little weird or just different, you know, maybe just go up to them and be like, hey, is, you know, is everything all right? How are you doing? Just a simple how are you doing goes a long way, especially to someone that's going through something. Right, you're right, because um, one, you know, it shows that people do care. They may think that no one cares. Um, and two, it's not that hard to say hello or ask somebody what they're doing or how they're doing. So it doesn't take much effort on on your part to say something. So uh, hopefully that's something that's a trend in the future, too. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll certainly be looking forward to it. Well, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is our time. Uh, as always, spread love, peace and positivity. Uh, this has been the Norman Transcript Podcast. Thank you.